Did you know 663 million people live without clean drinking water every day? That's nearly one in 10. Let me tell you about my friends at FNX. FNX can solve all your health, nutrition, and supplement needs because they are first class in making their products so you can be at your best. Whether you're a CrossFit freak, bodybuilder, or just mom and dad making it a point twice per week, FNX will elevate your game. I have been using FNX and I feel and see the difference. The protein, delicious. My workouts, way more intense. And my energy, there all day. Try it for yourself. Visit fnxfit.com. Use code 4C15. That's 4C15 for 15% off each order. What's more, every time you make a purchase, a child in need receives one gallon of clean drinking water. FNX has donated over 100,000 gallons of clean drinking water. Make your mark today. What is going on, everybody? Pete Forsey, the podcast. We are back. It's episode 45. Long layover, I know. We're caught up in weird times. What can I say? There's not much to talk about when I don't have games going on. The world kind of, it's a sensitive time, okay? Other more important things taking precedent over sports. Sports kind of um, enthralled with a lot of that, and that's okay. There are things that I promised at the beginning of this podcast that I would do that I wouldn't do I'm always going to never go back on my word the one thing I have is my word the one thing I have is my integrity and I'm always going to make this what I said I would make it out to be and that's of course what you guys want to hear you can always hit me up on Twitter you can always hit me up on Instagram Snapchat wherever you want me to take this this is the people's podcast if you ask for it I will deliver let me know questions comments concerns I want the feedback. Let your friends know we are on Spotify. We are on Apple Music, iTunes, whatever they're calling it now. Twitch, Google Play. We definitely want all the ears that we can. And we definitely want to provide content that you guys are looking for. The reason I'm back today, the reason I'm always excited to get on the podcast, if Cam Newton makes news, you know we're recording. That's why we're coming at you here now on June 29th. Cam Newton, he signs with the Patriots. We're obviously going to hit on that. That's going to be batting leadoff. Secondly, we will go to Major League Baseball. Obviously, they got things done. We're going to have a new season. What could we benefit from the shortened season? I think there's a couple things. I think the owners should keep a watchful eye out for it. Not saying they should go there. Not even saying that that's what I prefer. But a shortened season could have some benefits. Lastly, we'll just do some general um, agenda. Some general housekeeping here on some of the news things that happen. Quick hitters, we're calling them. That's what we'll have here on episode 45. Let's get to it. I miss you all. I'm glad I'm back. Episode 45 of the podcast. Nothing will get me back on the airwaves here at the podcast quicker than news of Cam Newton. And that's what happened Sunday evening. He signs with the New England Patriots. He's going to have the opportunity to revamp his career under Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. Quickly, this could be a grand slam. This could be an absolute disaster. Cam Newton could be cut two weeks into training camp if, when that actually happens, if there's a physical training camp and he gets to prove to them on the field what he has to offer. 
But the more important thing, the biggest takeaway for me from this is how is this even an option? I put out teams earlier, Chargers, Bears, Broncos. I all like it as a potential fit for Cam and even a better opportunity for him to start, which heading into New England, I don't think that's a guarantee. I'll get to that in a minute. But the Denver Broncos, Drew Locke, I understand you drafted him in the second round. He's not, he has not proven that he is the quote-unquote guy. If you look at the games that he won down the stretch, he did not play well. For all the data people out there, PFF grade, it's under 80, I'm pretty sure. The Chargers, you went all in on Tyrod Taylor. Extremely limited. Does some nice things, but he only moves the needle so far. You also drafted Justin Herbert, questionable first-round pick. Another traits guy. Cam Newton, he's a traits guy. He's done it at the NFL level. You chose to go Herbert. Chicago Bears, the whole thing was cap space, can't take on that contract. You got impatient and you traded for Foles. Cam Newton just signed for the minimum in New England. This is another quintessential job by Bill Belichick. He said, hey, I don't have to give him a starting job. This is Cam Newton. Okay. He's going to cost the minimum. Okay. He can maybe do some things pretty well and we can help us uh he can help us win games okay sounds good he could cut him two weeks into training camp or it could be an absolute grand slam new england patriots afc east champs again i just don't understand how it's even an option the so many other teams decided because they can't bring him in for the physical because he costs 17 million a year we don't even want to take a flyer Newsflash, $17 million a year is cheap for a starting quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater just got $20 million a year, I'm pretty sure. Like, the Panthers, I'm not even so sure he shouldn't be on his original team right now. I understand, new coach, want to lay the foundation for your program. You gave more money for a lesser player. And I understand the health, I get it. He was in your building and you see him breaking down. But why not just take a flyer? Why not bring both the guys in? It's just stupid at this point. The guy could revitalize his career, be just as effective as he was in 2015. He's got the best support system around him. Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame coordinator, if there is such a thing. You got the center coming back, David Andrews, Enkeel Harry, big separation receiver. That's going to be a perfect marriage. A couple of big tight ends that they drafted, a CSA from UCLA and the Virginia Tech guy. Great defense. A kicker that I guess is pretty doggone, pretty doggone good, even though maybe he's racist. This all screams just New England, rinse and repeat. Death, taxes, and a first-round buy for the New England Patriots. This is amazing. It was even an opportunity. He strung it out till June, almost July. Bill Belichick said, okay, NFL, you're just going to hand it over to me again. I'll take it. How... How is it this easy for him? You don't even have the Brady effect anymore. He's gone. He's in Tampa Bay, and they still find a way to take advantage of opportunities that are right in the face of the rest of the league. But they pass him by. They pass him by because no one's allowing themselves to change. No one wants to win in different ways. They always think this is the quote-unquote system that they run. I understand you, you do what you know. We all do it. 
We all conform to what we know. We go with what's comfortable. No one wants to get outside their comfort zones. No one, more importantly, is afraid to admit when they make a mistake and to cut bait immediately when they know. Not Bill Belichick. He'll cut Cam Newton uh, three days into camp if it's not working. They will take off Cam Newton's plate as much as they can. They will take off knowing that he is trying to heal up physically. They will probably ease him into some of the things that he does well when he makes himself makes himself susceptible to injury. But if he can't hack it, it's still quarterback when it's all said and done. He's got to be the one driving the bus here. He's the signal caller. If he if he's not hacking it into camp, if he's, you know, fumbling the snap, snaps coming into his face as he's trying to make the protection call, if he can't get on the same page as the receivers, they'll, they'll say goodbye. We have Jared Stidham. We tried. Didn't work out. No one does that more with any player at any position more than Bill Belichick. Why don't more teams do that? What why why are they so concerned with having to admit that they made a mistake? The Bears continue to do it with Trubisky. He's done. This is not going to be your guy. You picked up the fifth-year option. Trubisky admitted he didn't deserve it. He's still on your team. The Chargers, Tyrod Taylor, he has started several times. He's done some nice things, but he's not a starting caliber quarterback. I'm sorry, Tyler Dunn, Bleacher Report. I know you write the comeback article for just about every player nowadays. You did it for Tyrod Taylor. He's not a starter. He's a backup. Everyone should just accept that. And then Drew Locke. Just because you invest a high pick, which when you invest a second-round pick, obviously you want that guy to pan out. Just because you won a few games in a very small stretch doesn't mean you should hand the keys over to him. Doesn't mean you should hand the keys over to him. What, what's wrong with Drew Locke sitting for three years before he plays an NFL game again? I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What is If you're John Elway, what do you have to do to lose your role? You're John Elway. The Bullens have to worry about who actually runs their team. They're not firing you. This isn't a make-or-break year. This is basically your job until you screw up royally. I don't understand how these teams didn't have Cam Newton before. I've been largely critical of Cam Newton. I don't think he has the best leadership skills. All his teammates always like him. I don't think it's always, you know, quote-unquote, the best face for the NFL, just the way he goes to the podium, can get a little bit snooty, snippy. I don't know how obsessed he is with winning. His teammates like him, though. His teammates like him, though, and there's definitely something to be said about that. I think he's immensely talented. I think you can definitely have a very strong formula when he's healthy and you build the roster around him. New England, best GM, best head coach ever, maybe the best offensive coordinator ever. New England, they're set up well. Cam Newton, he's set up even better. Let's see what New England does. The last thing I was going to do for the last four to six weeks was basically just bang my head against the wall, uh, living and dying by every last tweet in regards to Major League Baseball and whether there was going to be a season or not. Look, it's a negotiation, okay? It goes back and forth. I'm not playing my best hand. I'm not playing my most desperate hand until the 11th hour. That's when things get done. The urgency picked up. They knew if they didn't strike here quickly that there wouldn't be a season. That's how Tony Clark operated. That's how the owners operated. Everyone's forecasting the strike a year from now when the labor agreement's gone. I'm not willing to go that far. Does it look good? No, it doesn't look good. But things change quickly. Things change quickly. If anything, this shortened season... This could help baseball. 
We are in an attention span challenged world. People have shorter attention spans than ever. Do you think people actually tune in for 162 games? Maybe the voice of this podcast does, but they are definitely the exception. There is no way, no way that under the current way baseball is formatted and under normal circumstances that that would serve well for the uh, millennial generation. It wouldn't. And even younger than that, this could lead to something good for Major League Baseball. I'm not necessarily saying I'm looking forward to it, a 60-game season with the DH in both leagues. But with the uh, you know majority, this could land. This could hit. And I think when we're talking about a negotiation here, the players, totally right in their opinion. We've gotten screwed for years in free agency. When things are normal and you sell out ballparks, you don't adjust our salaries. So why, when things are bad, are we going to let you take even more of our money when there's no fan in attendance, especially after we agreed to parameters back in March? I get it. On the other, on the owner side, I understand that there are expenses that you got to pay out. Now, Bill DeWitt saying it's not very lucrative industry. Well, I don't know about that. The TV deals, uh, you know, the MLB apps and the engagement rates on that and how lucrative that is. And, of course, fantasy baseball. Like, all those things, it kind of proves that, you know, it is lucrative. And you wouldn't be um, – these teams wouldn't be going for billions of dollars being sold with the Mets possibly, uh, you know, the, the next one. They wouldn't be selling for billions of dollars if they weren't lucrative. So I don't – I'm pretty surprised Bill DeWitt put those public comments out at my old – radio station the old place i used to work 590 the fan in st louis that was with frank cusimano but he did and that's just the latest between the strife between major league baseball and the players association uh i'm happy to have baseball back and really what i'm here to talk about is not that stuff i see both sides i see it as a negotiation owners i get it players i get it i'm not playing my best hand until the clock starts midnight and that's what happened here in 2020, and we do have baseball. And with that, I do think it's good that we have the DH um, getting instituted. It's not my preference. It really isn't. I do think in the long run that's probably best for the game and for the sake of baseball. So incorporating it now for the health and safety of pitchers, sure, why not? Am I sad to see double switches, pinch hitters, um, uh, you know, just Anything related to substitution, yeah, I'm going to be sad to see that go, uh, but that's the best way moving forward with baseball. In addition, I think they did well with the taxi squad. Overall, it was a good job when it was all said and done. I'm excited to have baseball back. Who do I think has the best chance of winning? You got your top dogs, Dodgers, Yankees. The team that I'm really looking forward to, Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays. Power pitching, power pitching, good hitters situational they could be hot out of the gate their whole thing is they don't always have the arms when it's all said and done to piece together an entire 162 it takes a lot when you substitute that much when you make that many switches you're making a lot of moves that potentially could not work out but in a shortened season 60 games kevin cash makes less of those the rays they could get it done finally and then the ones that maybe now have a chance because it is a shorter season that over 162 they would burn out Chicago White Sox right here in Illinois where we are they got young arms coming back good hitters this could click for 60 games under the right scenario the the part that I will have trouble kind of 
putting together is just the new schedule. You'll be playing your division mostly, but then you'll also be playing the corresponding one, which, you know, it, that's just difficult to imagine cause just because you, you never had to. You know, normally you just take the other league and who they have to compete against uh, with the majority of the games still being in the uh, same division. But this one's just kind of difficult to think about. Like, I, I can't, it's hard for me to think about Washington Nationals having to play the Yankees and the Red Sox and how that factors into the 60 game season. Like, it's all just different. I, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, I really like the Chicago White Sox. Really do. But really, anyone can get hot for 60 games. The Kansas City Royals, in theory, could get hot for 60 games and make it happen. It's not really out of the realm of possibility. The other team that definitely looks good on paper, Cincinnati Reds. I think their GM or their president, Dick Williams, came out and said, yeah, we were building for an American League team. We love our hitters. We're getting more at-bats out of those uh, outfielders that we got. Nick Senzel, uh, Scott Schebler, uh, uh, Nick Castellanos, offseason signing. Like this, I mean, anyone can get on. And the thing that baseball has to pay attention to is, should you chop down the schedule? Like, all fans are going to be paying attention to 60 games. It's not that many. It's not that much. We're looking at two months of baseball. That's about it. People will be watching their teams, good or bad. And when you got fans caring about the on-the-field product, that leads to other things. That leads to the off-season news cycle, the drama on social media. That's what the NBA has. The Any news story with the NFL, Le'Veon Bell, Cam Newton said this. Uh, Tom Brady was seen on Instagram at the practice field. Like that's where that when you care about the on the field product, when you have people actually caring about the players and watching their games and fantasy, you're going to have people that actually come to the games, and you're going to have that other, how should I say, uh, that that other stuff that really does matter, stuff that really isn't on the field product stuff, but because it all starts with on the field. And right now, baseball doesn't have that because when you go to the game, it's just like going to a 40,000-seat bar. That's what it is. It's, you know, people aren't really watching the game. They're there for the venue. They're there to casually see, uh, uh, you know, it's a social event. And that will always be a part of it. But if chopping down the schedule becomes, you know, somewhat lucrative, maybe you do consider it. I don't think they're going to be anxious, the owners, to, you know, cough up gate receipts and merchandise and concession and parking like that's that's all big revenue stuff but i don't know maybe you consider just a a slight haircut maybe maybe you do chop off and go to 120 games instead of 160 40 might be a little bit much but you know i don't know it's something to look at i'm just excited baseball is back the business side of it it's out of the way luckily i didn't let myself uh get too dogged down by it i'm glad baseball is back we got a new way of looking at it It's going to be fun. It's different. It's 2020. It's the new norm. Going to do some quick hitters here, just some general knee-jerk reactions to some things over the past couple weeks. Going to kick it off here with Jamal Adams requesting a trade from the New York Jets. Like, dude, what leverage do you think you have? I understand you're a pretty good safety, but, you know, guys after three years in the first round, they get a contract extension. It's pretty, you know, limited. Khalil Mack, he didn't get one. Aaron Donald, he didn't get one. Uh, I, I don't even think J.J. Watt got one. Like, why do you think you're so good that you should be getting a contract here? All right? I understand leverage. I understand, you know, maybe just trying. But if you think, like, you actually deserve it, it's not the case. Debo Samuel, he has a Jones fracture. Big blow. 
big blow for the 49ers. Um, they obviously have other pieces they could go to, but Debo was definitely evolving into a complete player. He was excellent, had a couple of nice catches in the Super Bowl. Uh, Shanahan, he'll figure it out. Niners, they'll figure it out. Uh, but definitely a, a loss for sure. Antonio Brown to Seattle and Baltimore, like, you know, I can make the argument at this point there's no such thing as bad publicity. Like, I don't think there is. I think in today's world, if you can put out an apology that is, you know, PC, you know, if you verbatim put what is, you know, quote-unquote the right thing to say, people will forgive you. It doesn't have to be sincere. Um, you can even just have heinous charges against you. He's got a sexual assault charge, forcible rape. You know, he's just a complete headache to your team. Like, he's proven to be um, malcontent. I don't know. Like, why, why is this even being considered by Seattle and Baltimore? 15 minor leaguers suing insurance company. Uh, 15 minor league baseball teams suing the insurance company, saying that they were misled during the pandemic, and that's why they lost money. L-O-L. Who actually saw this coming, this pandemic? I don't know how you can get mad at insurance companies. Is Colin Kaepernick getting signed? Maybe. I could see it. I could see it. I think some owners are more willing to do it because now the public is. I've always said that I think he's not getting signed for a variety of reasons, mainly two. He's a marginal talent, which is why I would not sign him. I don't think he's that good. You know, the media can spew out on SportsCenter that he, quote unquote, led his team to a Super Bowl, that he didn't throw this many interceptions. You know what? I saw the games. He wasn't that good. I remember 2014 and 2015. He wasn't that good. There were questions about how much did he actually care about football before he started protesting. You factor in the protests, circus is coming to town. I mean, like, I wouldn't sign him just because I don't think he's that good. I don't care about the anthem thing. Like, that doesn't, you know, I, I don't get, I'm not um, upset about that. Really doesn't matter to me. I think it's bad business if you're going to alienate part of your fan base. And if I was an owner, I probably wouldn't either. But, yeah, could I see it? Yeah, I, I think that court of public opinion is changing, and it wouldn't hurt you as much. So, do I think a team might sign him? Possibly. Roethlisberger and his addictions, including alcohol and pornography. Yeah, dude, uh, man, we're really into quarantine here. We're talking about Roethlisberger and digging up his past. Um, it's always nice when someone feels free to speak about things that are close to them. I guess I just, you know, TMI. I didn't need all that. John Brebbia, Tommy John Sergi, St. Louis Cardinals. Brebbia has been one of the more reliable arms out of the bullpen. Luckily for the St. Louis Cardinals, they have a lot going for them. I don't think it's going to hurt them too much, but you go through a lot of pitching. Good news is that maybe in 60 games, it's not going to hurt you as much. Roger Goodell says there will be fans in the stadium in 2020. I don't think so, Roger. I appreciate you trying to make uh, people feel more comfortable, but I think the fall, while we should all look forward to the fall, whether we're just talking about sports or, you know, just socializing, the fall is going to be where it's at. Um, I, I still think it's probably not going to be safe to uh, go to a 40,000 or even, you know, football. We're talking about 80,000. Uh, I don't think it's smart to go to an 80,000 uh, person venue. Ryan Zimmerman, he's not playing for the Washington Nationals in 2020. 
I think uh, his wife has some condition. Maybe she's pregnant. Garrett Cole, Mike Trout. Let's hope we don't lose those guys. If they do it, I mean, obviously it's their decision. I don't think there should be backlash on that. But let's hope you don't lose a Mike Trout and a Garrett Cole, the two best players at their positions. As always, I appreciate everybody tuning into the podcast. It's episode 45. Again, a little bit of a quicker one here. Definitely wanted to get some reps under my belt. Just like baseball, they got to get their hacks back. They got to throw their bullpens. Uh, you know, just good to be back here. Good to be talking about stuff that actually matters. Um, you know, I'm always going to deliver on stuff that affects on the field play. Sometimes the storylines, sometimes just the general news cycle. That can apply, but we just got away from a lot of things that, frankly, they, they just don't matter in, in places I'm just not interested in going. But I appreciate you guys tuning in to the podcast. As always, I want you to hit me up on Insta, Twitter, Snapchat, if you want to send me photos, it's at Pete4C. Questions, comments, concerns, things you want to see, subscribe, review. We're on Apple, Spotify, Twitch, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone. Subscribe, review, five stars. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time.